Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher's Study. My name is Kevin Clark, and I'm joined by Bob Hutto, who's the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ. Uh, as you know, for those of you who've been tuning in, we've been making our way through the book of Ephesians. Uh, we love the, the Bible study format of making our way through a book, uh, get to see what God has to say to us. And we've landed on a spot in Ephesians 5, 22-33, where we're talking about marriage. And there are a few topics that can be as important as that, especially for the, the times and day and age that we live in today. So uh, we've enjoyed talking about the different roles. We've established that there are roles within the marriage, that the Lord has ordained that the husband is to be the head of the family, uh, that he has certain responsibilities, and the wife uh, is to submit to her husband. And she has certain uh, obligations from God's perspective. And if it's done right, if they both love the Lord, they both love each other, then it's just a wonderful blessing. And uh, for those of us that have had the uh, uh, privilege of being involved in that, you can just see the wisdom of the Lord and His plan. Uh, we know people in the world don't always experience that. Uh, that's for a good reason, because they're not operating according to the playbook that God would have us to do. So we hope that you've enjoyed the study so far. We'll continue uh, the, this session talking about some things that are destructive uh, when it comes to marriage. Uh, last time we spent a lot of time uh, talking about selfishness, and certainly that's at the root of all sin and the root of a lot of the problems we see in marriage. There's some other manifestations of that that we'd like to talk to this time uh, or talk about this time. But before we get into that, uh, Bob, do you have some introductory comments you'd like well, to make? Well, I, I thought about Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the mm -hmm. Lord our God for our good always right. and for our survival as it is yeah. this day. Mm -hmm. And so God's commands are really good for us. Right. If we could learn that lesson... Uh, then uh, and see the see the benefit or trust God that this is the best way. Mm -hmm. Let's simplify our lives a lot. People think that, well, you, you know, you read the Bible, it's going to restrict you. you. Try to live by the scriptures, it's going to limit you. You're not going to be happy. You're going to mm -hmm. be wanting to do things. You're going to be thinking all the time, I can't do that. I can't do this. Right. I got to go here and do that. Right. No, you know, if we live within God's word, yep. it's it's good for us. And so mm -hmm. if, if we have marriage. If we're married and if we, which is something that God ordained, mm -hmm. ordained that in the very beginning and instituted that very beginning, and so he regulates it, it's for our good. That's how marriage starts. He saw that the man was alone, and that wasn't right. good. That's right. And so he created a woman for the man because it was good mm -hmm. for him and, of course, for her. And so if we have a marriage that's regulated, and respects God's teaching and God's way, right. well, that's going to be for our good. It's going to be to His glory, of course, Amen. but we're going to benefit from that as well. And so this is not something that we ought to resist right. or we ought to rebel against. Just open ourselves up and accept it. And, well, if this is the way the Lord wants me to be, I'll do my best to develop that quality. Amen. I have to piggyback on that when you said that about what God says for us is really for our best interest. I thought about 1 Timothy 4.8 as well. For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. And one of the points I like to make from that verse is we think about Christianity as drudgery and difficulty and repressing things and just having this awful existence 
But once we die and go to heaven, things will be wonderful and be worth it all. Well, that aspect is true, but the first part is a caricature. It's not. It has the promise of the life that now is. The best life to be lived is the life that's lived in accordance with God's principles. And it makes sense because He created us. He knows what's best for us, and He has our best interests in mind. So when we talk about these things from a biblical standpoint, we're not trying to tell you to do what God arbitrarily has laid down. We're telling you, help God help you. He's giving you some commands that ultimately are for His glory, but in the meanwhile, we benefit from that. Right. So let's do it the biblical way. So let, at the, this time I want to talk about a couple of things, Bob, that are really, I think, problematic to healthy marriages. And, and to me, they're kind of related. And that is anger and harsh words. Anger and harsh words. Uh, they tend to go hand in hand, unfortunately. Uh, how many times have we seen where husbands and wives have gotten into fights and voices are raised Things are said, and despite the old uh, saying we told our kids, sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will never hurt me, uh, that is one of the biggest lies the devil's ever told. Words do hurt. Words have lasting impact. You can say something to your spouse that he or she has not forgotten 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Right. So we've got to be very careful in controlling ourselves and controlling our tongues. And, of course, those are biblical principles. kind of goes back to what you said last session. If we practice being good Christians, then we'll be good husbands and we'll be good wives. And one of the aspects of being a good Christian is living a life of self-control. Of course, the Bible has a lot to say about anger. And uh, we'll spend a little time in the book of James because I really appreciate the biblical wisdom that's bestowed in that verse or in that book. Look at James chapter 1. We'll look at verses 19 through 20. James chapter 1. Verses 19 through 20, the Bible says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I want to focus on that last phrase. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So if we're people who are given to these what I call hair-trigger tempers, we're getting mad at every little thing. Oh, I didn't get my way. Kind of goes back to the selfishness thing. You didn't do something the way that I wanted. Uh, One of the difficulties we have in marriage is this. Most of us have such a high threshold for those that we love, those who are in our inner circle. When it comes to people of the world, um, a lot of us have very low thresholds. We don't expect much, and because we don't expect much, when people do things that are selfish or those that are uh, mean-spirited, yeah, we don't like it, but we didn't expect much anyway. But when some of those things creep or we perceive that they creep into our relationship with those that are closest to us, that can really set us off. And so we've got to be really careful. We're dealing with something that can become very explosive. And we have a tendency sometimes to lash out and to be uncontrolled, to be angry, and then the anger leads to things that are said. And here's the thing about husbands and wives. Husbands and wives know each other very well, right? Husbands and wives know their vulnerabilities. They know the things that get under each other's skin. And so when they fight, if they do fight, and they don't fight in a Christian way, uh, meaning that they're uncontrolled and they're just pulling the knives out, they can do some really severe right. damage in a short amount of time. Well, you're right. I was thinking about that as well, that, that you have two people and they live closely together for a long period of time or just some period of time. You learn what the other one is sensitive about. Yeah, absolutely. And so if I know, well, she's a little sensitive about this, and right. I say something about right. that. Right, right. Well, that's, that's going to do a lot of damage and for a long time. And so, you know, that, that's the danger. When we become angry, right. well, then, as we all know, things come out, out of our yeah. mouth that yeah. really shouldn't. I was reminded yeah. of Ephesians chapter yeah. 4, yeah. where he says, uh, 
be angry and do not sin. Mm-hmm. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Mm-hmm. And do not give the devil an opportunity. Yes, exactly. I mean, anger is just an open door for Absolutely. the devil to walk in yes. and do his work yes. in, in different ways. But right. certainly through the tongue is one of those ways. Absolutely. And when we think about the tongue, I can't help but go back to James and the warning that we're given about the tongue. Let's just read a little bit of that because it reminds us how dangerous it can be. James 3, let's begin in verse 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in a horse's mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, listen to this. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and it sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. And we could read some more, but I think that makes the point just how dangerous a thing the uncontrolled tongue can be. And what's the relationship? Well, when we get angry, it tends to come with a lack of control. We get angry, we get upset, we lose control of our mouths, and then our mouths lash out and we say things that we regret later. We say things that are hurtful, we say things that are destructive, we say things that destroy people. Now remember, we're talking about Christ wants us to build people up with the speech. We're supposed to nourish and cherish, we're supposed to edify, and here we are using this instrument that God gave for His good, we're using it to destroy other people, and worse yet, to destroy the people who are closest to us. That doesn't make any sense. We mentioned last time how good uh, sort of a a marriage manual, the Sermon on the Mount would Mm -hmm. be. Well, Jesus talks about this very thing in the Sermon on the Mount. Absolutely. He says in uh, verse 22 of Matthew chapter 5, I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall Mm -hmm. be guilty before the court. Mm -hmm. And whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says you fool shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. And so you see how Anger and insult right. go together. And Absolutely. so whoever's angry with his brother and insults him, mm-hmm. well, then these are the spiritual consequences. Now, if you could just apply that to your marriage, right? Uh, it's, be careful that you don't become angry and begin to insult and right. say things that you shouldn't because the consequences are going to be severe, both here and now, the temporal consequences Amen. and the spiritual eternal consequences may be severe as well. And, and here's the thing, let's, let's make this point. Uh, we do understand that during the course of a marriage, there will come times where a man and his wife will disagree about things. And we're not saying that you can't possibly disagree, but we're saying even in the midst of that disagreement, you can model the principles of Christ. You can be a godly servant, and you can listen to what the other person has to say. You can understand. Uh, we, sometimes when we argue with other people, we, we argue to win. That doesn't make sense in a relationship that we're told is a one-flesh relationship. If you hurt your spouse, you hurt yourself. Most of us are not going around hurting ourselves. And so we need to listen learn need to as the bible says for husbands dwell first peter 3 7 dwell with your wives with understanding if we can borrow that concept really both sides need to try to understand each other when i think about things like that i can't help but think of proverbs 15 1 that tells us mm-hmm. a soft answer turns away wrath and so even if you're on the receiving end of a stinging barb Rather than do what the world tends to do, what Satan wants you to do, which is responding kind and ratchet things up, the Bible says, be the one that diffuses the situation. De-escalate. Don't make things worse. Don't add fuel to the fire. Think of a way that you can bring things down. And it takes somebody has to be the adult in the room, right? 
Well, I've, I've learned something. I, I thought marriage was all about winning. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not, brother. Oh, okay. You hadn't well, learned that. Okay. You're in trouble. <laughs> well, thanks, Ken. I appreciate you straightening me out because I, I thought that was the number one goal is to no. win. No, 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 not at all. Not well, at all, of brother. course not. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander. Yeah. And so here's another passage where anger and inappropriate speech are right. linked together. Absolutely. And it's such a... Like you said, you know, anger is such a devastating attitude. Not only the quick burst of anger, right. but there's another kind of anger that just seeds yeah, beneath yeah. the surface for for a long, long time. Right. And if that's not resolved, right. uh, well, then it can it can manifest itself in really unhealthy ways in years to come. And so, just think about uh, a wife who's mistreated by her husband and mm-hmm. and but she doesn't say anything about it but she just harbors that resentment and it becomes bitterness and it be, it's she's angry and eventually you know if she doesn't resolve that eventually well it's going to manifest itself in some way right and it can go the other way as well you know a, a husband who's on the receiving end is bitter toward mm-hmm. his wife and that might manifest itself in some really really harmful, detrimental ways. And so we've got to resolve our anger. Yeah. And how do you do that? Well, you talk about it, you talk exactly. it out, you communicate with each other. Exactly. And uh, you express your anger, you listen. Right. And sometimes you just have to say, I'm sorry. That's it. I'm sorry. I won't do that anymore. That's absolutely right. And I love what you talked about working things out and resolving that. I couldn't help but think about a verse you alluded to earlier uh, when you said Ephesians 4:26, be angry, do not sin. And then this part, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. The idea, these things need to be resolved. Don't let it fester. Don't hang on to it. As you said, you got to sit down, have conversations, and express uh, yourself and your feelings. And like I said, listen to the other person and resolve that we will solve this thing. We're not going to let this right. go on. We're not going to let this define us. We're not going to let it destroy our home. We're not going to let it destroy the peace that we've established. Let's work it out and, and be willing. Right. This kind of goes back to the last session. Be willing to yield. Maybe the answer is to yield and give up. And as you said, uh, those words, I am sorry, meaning yeah. it means so much. And to recognize that I was wrong, I did something. And, and it may be sometimes this. Maybe you didn't intend to do something wrong. Maybe you're ignorant of the consequences of your action. Maybe you're not as sensitive as you should be. But you should listen and learn and grow and resolve. I won't do that again. I don't want to make my spouse feel that way again. That takes some emotional maturity. And like you said, not looking to win, but looking to grow yeah. and develop and resolve things. Yeah. Our marriages can be, our marriages <clears> will <throat> be, what we make them. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, if we, some marriages are just, the way I describe it, they're just a tug of war. Every day is a tug of war. <laughs> right. And to see who's going to who's right. gonna win. And I'm right. tugging, I want things my way, and she's she wants things, and it's just right. a tug of war all day, every day. Amen. And it's miserable. That's right. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. We can be on the same side pulling together. That's right. But uh, we need to develop some selfless attitudes. Right. We need to be willing to yield, mm-hmm. uh, to listen and uh, to work together as a team, mm-hmm. to come to working solutions when we disagree, right. to come to some solution that we can both live with and agree on and, right. and move forward. But, but it can be done. We, our marriage can be, it will be what we make it. If our marriage is just a shambles, right. it's because we've made it That's that right. way. That's right. But if it's good and prosperous and, and healthy, 
we'll make it that way. Amen. I want to issue a challenge to all of those who are in marriage relationships. Let, let's be more careful in this next week. Let's be more careful about how we speak to our spouses. Let's be careful not to say nasty things to them, call them names, yell and scream, uh, raise our voices, and replace that with positive things. Try to encourage, try to build up, give compliments, uh, talk about how they look or the clothes they're wearing or some of the work that they've done. Uh, be mindful and attentive. Use that tongue that, as James 3 said, can be so destructive, but also it can be very beneficial and uplifting. Use it in that beneficial way. So be very mindful how you use your tongue and obviously control your anger so you don't sin in the process. Well, it looks like we've run out of time again. That's so easy for us to do, and there's a lot of more ground to cover. Perhaps we can do that in the next session. Uh, Bob, would you like to close us out with a word of prayer? Sure. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for the opportunity to study from your word. We're thankful that you've revealed to us uh, the kind of people that you would want us to be, pe uh, people that will please you. If we just follow your will, we understand, Father, that it's for our good, and we trust that your commandments will be good for us, though exactly what we need. Help us, Father, in our marriages. Help us to implement the teaching that you've given to us. Help us to be the Christians that you would have us to be, and as a result, the husbands and wives and fathers and, and mothers that you would have us to be. Help us to be considerate and kind and thoughtful and patient, selfless people willing to sacrifice for the good of others. If we can do that, Father, if we can become more Christ-like in our lives, in our marriages, well, then we can have marriages that are strong and productive and fruitful to the benefit of those involved in marriage, to the children, and to others as well. Father, we're thankful that Jesus has come into the world, that he's shown us the way in so many, in so many ways, in so many areas. If we'll just walk in his steps, well, then we'll be exactly what you want us to be, and we'll be p people that are well-pleasing to you. Help us, Father, to see things as they truly are in our own lives. Help us to see ourselves as we truly are, to see our strengths and our weaknesses, and, Father, to acknowledge those weaknesses and to strengthen them, to devote ourselves to improving in those areas that need improvement. We can do that, Father. We can do that with your help. And so we ask you to help us in that, in that way. We're thankful for Christ, that he's come into the world, that he's given his, himself on the cross and shed his blood so that we can be your people. We pray that we will live in a way that brings glory to you through him every day. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.